the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Welcome in. Rob Black Show, Rob Black. Me, talking money with you after taking a couple days off to kind of recharge my batteries. Still only at 70%. I can't seem to get the batteries up to 100%, but hey, it is what it is, right? Anyhow and anyway, let's talk money today. Let's talk investing. Let's talk getting to retirement. I think that's the goal of the show. I don't want to be 60 years old and not have money. I don't want you to be 60 years old and not have money because once you're 60, you're going to run into age discrimination. You're going to find it's tougher and tougher to get a job. Now, some of us at age 60, 70, 75, 80, we'll want a job. We'll want to get out of the house, away from the Nagasaurus. We'll want a job in, in a situation where we could look at hot young people and say, I remember when I was your age. You know, just a little socializing. We'll want it. But I want it to be a situation where it's a want and not a need. So keep that in mind. Um, because the jobs for 60-year-olds plus, they're not good. You know, you could go to Home Depot and hand out flyers if you're a woman. If you're a man who's got some Home Depot experience, you know, you can get to go to Home Depot and show people where the hammers are. Show them how to, you know, put stuff together. Talk about fertilizing lawns and how important it is or isn't. If it's overrated, who knows? There's things that I know and there's things that I don't know. I know a lot about money and finances. I know nothing about fertilizing the yard. Nothing. My yard's got uh, some, I, I think it's got some moss. And some seaweed growing in it. I know you're saying, how do you have seaweed growing in your yard? I don't know. But I seem to have been able to pull it off. There's barnacles everywhere. Anyway, um, Olympics right around the corner. I'll, I'll dig that a little bit. You know what I like about the Olympics? They've got these um, sports that sound naughty. They sound dirty. Like the luge. Doesn't that sound dirty? Or the Nordic combined? Like, hey, hey me and my sugar booger tried the Nordic combined this weekend. It was all that in a bucket of chicken, if you know what I say. Anyway, um, so the Olympics are coming right around the corner. I'll get a little bit distracted by that. No, 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 no. I will not watch figure skating. So that's not on the agenda. I'm not that impressed with people running around and doing, you know, uh, uh, sow cows. Again, sounds kind of dirty. Um, a triple Lutz. So not interested. Um, anyway, Olympics are right around the corner, and that's a nice distraction. I like the hockey. I tend to like the hockey of the Winter Olympics. But we'll also talk money. Uh, for instance, I went to a market. In my hometown, we've got a market called Bianchini's. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. It might be Bianchi, Lino's, I don't know. Not the best with the Italian words, right? And I kind of got busted. So have you ever done this where you, you order some meat from the meat counter and then you decide that you don't want it, so you just put it like in the f- frozen food area? They busted me. The butcher goes, hey. Don't put this in the frozen food area. <laughs> and I said, hey, 
don't give me twice as much as I asked for. So I kind of had a, a nice retort. I don't know if that's the truth or not if he gave me twice. But I hate, I hate, I hate when you have that meat regret when you're at the butcher's counter and you say you want. Anyway, Bianchini's Market is the most God overpaid, overpriced place on the planet. Like that's a, that's a financial lesson, right? You don't have to be 25 years old to understand that when you go into the local market like a Lenardi's, Lenardi's is lovely. They've got the best organic food on the planet, the best organic food on the planet. Um, long story short, it, it, they got the best food. They got the best meat. They got the best cheese. Oh, I had some cheddar cheese that was just out of this world, but it cost twice as much. Literally, you can go into a Safeway. And get uh, like a bottle of Maker's Mark, Maker's Mark whiskey for 18 bucks. Or you can go into Bianchini's and get the same exact thing for 26 bucks. That's the markup of a local market. They make twice as much money. It's it's ridiculous to see the markup. Now, again, quality is typically better, but not, you know, a paper towel is a paper towel. You know, a bounty super picker upper is bounty super picker upper. So I think smart people with their money stay away from the local markets, except for the cheeses, which are unique except for the meat, which is a little bit fresher than, say, at Safeway. And for instance, Safeway. I'm not going to let Safeway totally slide here. But I think smart financial decisions, you do not go to Bianchini's market. I think that's a dumb financial decision. It's going to retard your financial future. It's going to hurt your nest egg. So I don't think that's a smart idea. Trader Joe's, wonderful decision. You get the organic. You get the incredible uniqueness. And it's about 50% cheaper than, say, a Bianchini's. Now, a Safeway is somewhere in the middle. And there's some phrases like Safeway. You know Safeway has the commercial where they have the Rancher's Reserve Beef? You've heard that, right? We've got our Rancher's Reserve Beef. What is that? It's nothing. It's just a name. It could be Mad Cow um, Grade F Beef, for all you know. You don't know. You don't know. And it's important to know that, you know, that's just marketing. And, again, we as a nation fall prey to Lots and lots of marketing. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. A couple quick stories out there today. Honda's recalling another 437,000 vehicles. No, no, not Toyota. Honda. Don't correct me, Heidi. Lord Quizmaster. Honda is recalling 430. What's up with the Japanese automakers? They're replacing some drivers' uh, side airbag inflators uh, that... that Deploy with too much pressure and basically crack your head open like an egg. Japan's number two automaker originally announced recall uh, back in November of 2008, but now they're adding more vehicles to it. So um, Honda's announcement comes at a time of increased attention. And again, this is weird. Like Toyota, who used to go, they could do no wrong. They were the Moses. They were the Jesus who could walk on water. Honda was right, right close behind them. I think that's a big story. Uh, I can tell you, you know, if you have a kid, are you going to buy a Honda or Toyota in the next couple of years? Most of you will, but some of you won't. And if these problems continue to drag on, there's no chance. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Tim in San Francisco. Tim? Hey, Rob. Um, do you have any opinion about what used to be called viaticals, and now they're called like life settlements and insurance policies that you buy from these companies? Yeah. Um, what do you look, Are you looking to purchase one? Do you have... Well, I, I, been getting information on it from these companies. I think one of them is called Pacific Western or something like that. Anyway, but it's a minimum of uh, $20,000 investment. Yeah, I, I would pass myself. Yeah. Some states actually have them outlawed mm. um, because of what can happen and thanks to the call. Biatical settlements, for instance, there was a day, let's say, where uh, – and I, I hope I'm not 
attacking anyone when I say this or hurting anyone when I say this. You get AIDS. You know that you're going to die somewhere between one year and 30 years. So you sell your life insurance policy to someone else before the policy matures. They give you cash up front. You basically get to have a little bit of party before you die, before the death sentence kicks in. But then what happens is you don't die. And you've just suddenly given up your life insurance and you screwed your heirs in the whole process. Such a sale, it's typically a price discount. And say you have a million-dollar policy, they're willing to give you $250,000. So plus they'll take over the, the premiums for you. So life expectancy is going on longer and longer, and the insurance industry is going to have to deal with that in the situation of um, they get more premiums. They make more money. So again, that's one of those interesting twists if you think about it. Healthcare companies, HMOs, PPOs, they used to like basically insure you until you were 60, 65, and then you would drop over dead. Now you're living to 90. And from age 65 to 90, it's really expensive to have health care for an old person. Whereas uh, life insurance companies, they used to have a little bit tougher problem paying you off. Now it, the situation is they make even more money because you're living longer and paying your premium. And then you forget and when you're 81 years old, you're old and senile. You got old timers disease. And you, you forget to make a payment. And they're like, what? Sorry. And then you die the next month after that. And what? You lost. It's a gamble that didn't work your way. Viatical settlements grew in the United States in the late 1980s when the AIDS epidemic peaked. Early victims of AIDS in the United States were largely gay men, many of whom were not particularly old. They often had no wives or children, but they had life insurance policies through employment or due to other investment activities. Uh, The dependents of the policies were often their parents who didn't need the money. So viatical settlements offered a way to extract value from the policy while the person was still alive. Now, most of the infamous viatical cases out there um, there's been a lot, you know, where investors are paying HIV clients. Uh, some people would say that it's it's a bit of a Ponzi scheme. So be very, very careful. The SEC um, has looked into this. There's been prison sentence given in a lot of these buying of viatical settlements and or not. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. We could talk anything. We could talk real estate. Article today in the San Jose Mercury News about home values in the Bay Area. What direction do you think they say they're going to go? Up or down? I had a conversation about my very own piece of property that I own and the street that I live on. Every, every house on my street is a million dollars plus. And I was talking with one of my neighbors. I said, there's no chance in the next 30 years that every one of these houses will be two million plus. No chance. Uh-uh, not going to happen. Just not that nice. And everyone just assumes. So, and I think I'm the smartest financial person that I know. And on my block, I know that I'm the fu- smartest financial person. So long story short, people have false, false expectations. They have high hopes. They've got high hopes. 800-345-5639. You can tell that I'm not quite in my groove yet. I took a couple days off. I'm out of my groove. i got to work my way back into it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. The luge does sound dirty, doesn't it? It's like a model of a vibrator or something. The, the luge. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I think one of the, the big things that people want to know a lot about is not my shopping at you know high end supermarkets or 
you know, supermarkets like Safeway. I, I get that that's probably not going to be the topic du jour on a regular basis, but you got to look at that kind of stuff. Watch where your spending goes. Because you can spend, you know, an extra two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month on groceries. And that two, three, four, five hundred dollars extra a month on groceries could be your retirement plan. And that can actually get you to the age 60. I know it's not sexy. And trust me, when I was uh, living in San Francisco, and how shall we say I was dating a little bit more often? Yeah, heck yeah, I'd, I'd go to the, the, the Molly Stones, the upper end markets to, you know, get the better wine, get the better flowers, get the better food. So absolutely. Uh, but sometimes you could fall into this trap where you're just trying to impress people. And that can cost you a lot of money, whether it's your spouse or your neighbors or who have, who have you. Um, be careful. Be very, 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 very careful with how you spend your money. One area where people think we're going to be, get rich again is real estate. And I can, I can assure you that's not going to happen. Can you make some money in real estate? Yes. Are you guaranteed to make money in real estate? No. Get this. Keep in mind, real estate works on supply and demand. And right now, we're almost at full housing. It's like a full employment number. People who want a house have a house. There's not a lot of people who are renting going, ooh, I'm waiting for real estate to fall another 20 30% to buy. They're not. There's there's not a lot that much demand right now. U.S. mortgage applications dipped last week. And uh, 30-year loans are their lowest in in months and months and months. They're incredibly cheap. So mortgage rates in my lifetime, I would would never have dreamed that we would fall below 5% in mortgage rates. We have. That's a fantasy to me. This is the golden age. This is the Saints Super Bowl moment for mortgages. And yet there's lackluster demand for home purchases. So lowest mortgage rates in decades, high affordability. It's helped the U.S., who's been hard hit in the market, find some footing in 2009 after a three-year slip. Now, we hit an all-time low of 4.61%. 4.61%. That makes my 4.85% loan look expensive. So, and again, when we go to 5% loans and 6% loans and 7% loans, you're going to be able to buy less home. So that's why I was telling my neighbor, these aren't going to be $2 million homes in 10, 20, 30 years. It's not going to happen. Home prices, I think, are going to continue to fall this year. So I, I think we do move sideways in a lot of markets, but some markets are crazy, massively overexpensive. For instance, there was a house on my street that last year the, the owner tried to sell for $1.7 million. Now this year it's for sale for $1.1 million. Do you see? I mean, sometimes these fantasies don't exactly work out the way you want them to. Now, to extrapolate this, there's a good article today in the San Jose Mercury News. If I had to read one newspaper in the Bay Area... It would be the San Jose Mercury News. I don't much care for the San Francisco Gate. If I had to read uh, Chronicle, I, if I had to read one newspaper in all of California, it would be the LA Times. I just don't like the Northern California papers. That doesn't make me a, a Dodgers fan or anything like that. Can't paint that on me. Anyway, Bay, Bay, uh, San Jose Mercury News. Home values begin to creep upward in the middle of the last year. Silicon Valley homeowners, they may have thought the housing market slump was behind them, but it looks like it's going to be a double dip Home prices uh, gains have started to slow in recent months, according to Zillow.com. Now, Zillow is one of those websites. It rhymes with pillow, but with a Z, Zillow with a Z. They basically um, monitor home sales. So I can go in, punch in my street, and I can see what, you know, last time someone on my street saw, bought or sold, and I can see what the square footage was. Now, here's the problem with Zillow, human error. The data that goes into it, you know, someone could be typing in 1.1 million, and the next thing you know, they've actually only typed in $100,000, and it could be just totally screwed. So Zillow estimates homes in Santa Clara have inched up seven 
tenths of 1% in the fourth quarter. And they climbed just 0.2% in December. Now, the median estimate of a Santa Clara home, $568,000 in the third quarter is 564000 But in San Mateo, for instance, home values have already started to fall. So on a quarter-over-quarter basis. So third quarter, we were at 639000 for an average home. Now it's 635000 And again, what, what ultimately happens is some people are smoking crack cocaine. They'll say Cupertino is always Cupertino. They'll say Santa Clara is always Santa Clara. California is always California. Always goes up. Here's the kicker. We're not creating jobs. And for someone to buy your home, they need to have a job. For someone to buy your home, they need to have income. Because they, they don't care if it's a $600 million home or a $800 million home or $900,000 home. They, they know that they can afford $3,000 a month. That comes out to $36,000 a year, right? You throw in property taxes, you're looking at another 10000 easy. So $46,000. Now, after tax, it's $150,000 salary. How many people do you know who have $150,000 salary? Otherwise, you're stretching your budget to live there. Another problem that we have in the state of California that no one addresses is Prop 13. Not because it keeps property values low, but it, because it keeps old people in the neighborhoods who don't generate income taxes. When you're not generating income taxes, schools go down in value. Schools go down in, in scores. We've got another $100 million that we've got to cut out of schools this year. And they're already gutted. I don't know. Have you been into a California school recently? You know that they don't have lockers anymore? Did anyone know that? Schools don't have lockers anymore. Do you remember when you were a teenager, you'd, you'd have your locker and you'd put photos in it and you'd put, you know, you'd meet the cheerleader at her locker or the, the sports guy at his, like, it was a, a place to go hang out. They're now starting to take lockers out of schools because it costs too much to repair them. Nutty, right? So the maintenance, I mean, we're cutting out the maintenance man, Willie. We're cutting out Willie, the maintenance man. The guy who's got a Scottish brogue and always worried us that he was a pedophile. His job's gone. And we got to cut $100 million more dollars out of our schools in California. Where's it going to come from? Our schools, again, you can bitch and moan. I know you can. You could look at it and you could say, you know, teachers make too much money. You know, superintendents make too much money. The, the board of, of school districts make too much money. Trust me, I know. I, I know that you could you can find people to whine about. I don't think it's the teachers you can find to whine about, though. I think teachers are God's gift to this earth, if you believe in God's. Anyway, um... That's going to hurt school values. Also, like when you're cutting $100 million, that's, that's salaries in a lot of cases. So just keep that in mind. Teachers got to live somewhere. Now, again, I've got a good paying job. Everyone on my street's a lawyer, though. There's only so many lawyers that you need in this world. They're either lawyers or they've lived there for 30 years because they certainly can't afford it on their current income. So when some of these old people in California start to die, it's going to put more supply in the market of people who can't afford that house. You see what, do you see where I'm trying to go with this? I don't know. I don't think I'm making my point terribly well today. There's an imbalance between demand and the number of homes on the market. So um, approximately 2,700 houses and condos were for sale in Santa Clara at the end of the last week, compared with 5,700 last year at the same time. Now, California, other areas like Zillow, threatened by double-dip recession, they think uh, Santa Cruz, San Diego, Ventura, Atlanta, Denver, amongst the largest cities that look like they're going to dip a little bit more as well. So, I don't know. I think, to me, and I get a lot of emails. Someone says, I make, you know, 
$80,000, can I buy a home? I'm like, no, you can't buy a home, not in the Bay Area, unless you're going to buy a condo. And I think condos are pretty much so white trash investments. So I'd rather rent a condo than own a condo. Ultimately, you have to find someone else to take that condo from you. There's some lovely condos in California, in San Francisco in particularly. There's some lofts that are, you know, 800 square feet that are super cool, and I would love to have a party in one of them. I don't want to own it, though, because down the road, i got to find someone to take it off my hands. Your home's only worth what someone else is willing to take it off your hands for. That's it. And to me, with mortgage rates as low as they are, you'd be... You'd be a damn fool to think that that uh, home values aren't going to fight that. For instance, the Federal Reserve has started talking about they're going to take the, the, the stimulus money away. They're going to stop stimulating through, you know, lower actions. They're going to start raising interest rates at some point in time. That cheap cost of money has helped our economy. Now, as soon as they start mentioning that, you, you see the stock market go into a, a crapper. It goes into the toilet. When mortgage rates start moving up, home affordability is going to go way, way down and the jump from 5% to 6%, that's a huge move. It's a 20% plus move. It's a huge move. So the home values ain't going to go nowhere anytime soon. And if they do, it's a house of cards because we want higher interest rates. We want them. In large part, higher interest rates tell us our economy is doing well and it's growing. I don't know. I think it's a damnation game. Can't win. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. I'm lonely. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. You can also drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Take a little bit of a break here. I'll be right back. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. I got an email from someone who said, "Hey Rob, I love your show. It's very informative. You've taught me a lot. Can you check out a company for me?" <laughs> I love that people think I'm their personal servant. It's a company called Black Book Two. Um, he's looking for an opportunity to invest in it. Uh, what I want to throw out there is, is a lot of private companies. A lot of private companies, and uh, they differ like golden clay. And just because you've got a cool website doesn't mean you're anything. It means that you've got a good web designer or something along those lines. Now, Black Book 2, when you go to the web page, you'll see that they're trying to tie together a lot of things. You know, our, who our friends are online and our instant messages and our video mail, email. I know, I know video email? We're not quite there yet, are we? Um, so there, it's got a little bit of a story to it. Let's tie it all together. There's another company that's got a little bit of a story to it, and you might have heard of them. It's called Facebook. They've got 400 million people signed up for it. They've won the race. It's going to be very difficult for other people to compete with them. So if, if someone wanted me to invest in this company, I'd say, I want to see the financials. I'm not going to give you my money until I see the financials. You know, a kid on my block sells lemonade, and, and I see a lot of people standing in front of the house. I'm not going to say I'll give you, I'll buy all your your gear for you for a year until I see the financials because I don't know what he's doing with it. I don't know if he's drinking the profits. For all I know, I'm just in anything in life. I have to look at the financials. So when I talk about Intel looking good or or Apple looking good with twenty five billion dollars of cash or Microsoft with fifty billion dollars in cash, I understand they could weather storms. 
So you have to look at the financials. If they're not willing to give it to you, how can you invest in it? 800-345-5639. Let's go to James in San Francisco. James. Good morning. Hey, James. Um, I enjoy your, your easy, simple, straightforward financial talk. It's real refreshing. You're very kind, and thank you. Um, you touched on a topic about setting goals based on where you want to be at age. Who's in the car with you? Nobody. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> what was that? I am in my truck solo. Really? Yep. Very creepy. It's almost like a that ghost is on the line. We should we should hire people to figure that out. <laughs> Do you remember discussing that? 40, 50, 60, where you want to be rather than watching your portfolio every day? Uh, how much, what are you talking about? How much money in the portfolios? You, you said don't measure possibly what you're making today. You said set goals like... When you're 40, do you have $100,000 in your pension? At 50, do you have 250 to 500? And I, I just wanted you to revisit that because I thought it was very interesting and I didn't get it all. Give me a little bit more about you, James, because goals matter. Like, I spend a lot of money on restaurants and food and travel. So my goals are a lot higher. When I turn 60 and I'm no longer, you know, doing what I do, my my, my budget is going to be at least sixty to hundred thousand dollars a year. At least sixty to hundred thousand. I don't have a pension. I'm not tied towards the school districts. I'm not. I don't get the teachers' Calsters retirement. I don't get the Calpers, the the public employee pension of California's pension. Like I have to have more because I don't get that that guarantee. That's a little bit better than Social Security with pensions. Uh, tell me a little bit more about you, James. How old are you? I'm going to be fifty this year. Okay, self employed. Uh... Pretty much a fiscal conservative, been in San Francisco my whole life. Okay. And I, you validated the point of putting money in, in, in categories that will be there when you're going to need it. Okay. And certainly I have a pension fund, and my, my number might be good or bad, but certainly it's there, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to need it when I'm 60. Absolutely. So 70. the pension should be considered your safest money, in my opinion. And that should allow you with your extra money to invest in a more growth fashion. So tell me a little bit about the pension. How much are you going to get, does it look like? Um, well, right now it's at 500000 and I'm 50. But I've been putting in it since I was 25 years old. Okay. What tor- sort of pension are you uh, involved in, government employee? It's a simple pension fund for my company. And all my employees participate also. We do a contribution each year, <laughs> and not the last two because of the economy that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and Merrill Lynch manages it. And I don't understand half the tools they manage it with, yet certainly it's better than when it was being previously managed in the past. Okay. Give me a little bit more data on this pension. Um, Do you have categories like, do your different employees have different categories that they can pick inside the pension, or is is it all lumped in one one sum? No. Each employee controls his own money, has his own accounts, and they get the education and management from Merrill Lynch to find out what their risks, where they want to be in terms of life, so they can make the right investment based on their risks. Now, are you a married man? Are you a married man, James? Yes, I am. Okay, so automatically you're going to basically not double your budget, but close to it, of what you're going to be looking at in retirement. So do you have a budget right now? Um. Yes, I have a budget. I mean, I live within every dollar we make, and we pay no finance charges and never have to okay. any credit card. So do you, do you know how much you spend on a monthly basis? Uh, yes. 
Okay, like I just dropped $400 on a hotel. Like I know that, and I, that's going to be my hotel cost for the month. And I can, you know, at the end of the month, I'll probably extrapolate that out and say I'll spend 400 a month um, all year long. So I'm going to spend $4,800. So automatically, I'm starting to, you know, come up with a bigger, more detailed budget in my head every time I spend money. Um, do you follow your money? Do you do you like use yes. Mint? Okay, so I, I, I rec- follow it based on long term. I I don't follow it day to day. It's okay. fun to get the weather report, but sure, long term is what's more interesting to me. That, that's I think that's a fantastic way of looking at that. Now a little bit more about you. Um, do you have anything else other than this five hundred thousand dollars? Um, yes. Okay. What I else? Have real estate, which you've been hammering all morning. <laughs> I love real estate. I just don't look for it to automatically go up. I don't have this. Um, I, I, I'm realistic about it. What type of real estate do you have? I have my residence and a duplex, which I was fortunate enough to buy in the early 80s, right when I got out of school. Perfect. I, you know, I borrowed from an uncle, lived in it, refinanced, played it, and I've been very fortunate with the economy from 1983 to today, where there was a lot of growth for the property. How much is the duplex worth if you were to sell it? Um, about 800000 800000 Now, if you, you know, the taxes are going to be huge on that because it's an investment Absolutely. property. So you probably don't want to sell it. Um, but then again, look at it this way. Look at it as an investment. Um, if you had $500,000 right now, you would want that $500,000 earning you at least $20,000 a year. So this duplex should be kicking off $20,000 a year in free cash flow. Right. I've, I've used it as a bank to put three kids through college. Okay, perfect. So the money I've got out of the, the building has paid for all their college needs. Okay, so you've done a lot of refinances on it and stuff like that? I've refinanced it over the 25 years and have, have still kept it within a, what, what's the word for it? The income from the property covers taxes, maintenance, Good. and the mortgage. So you've done great. Uh, sounds like you're going to be ahead of the curve because you got roughly a, a million plus uh, just in that pension and in the um, side, so the, the, the duplex? Right. I, I think the point I, I called is I think I've done what I need to do. Right. But I like when you talk about it because I think more people need to hear what you said. That 40, 50, and 60 thing really hit home. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. I'll consider doing that a little bit more often. Um, do you have long-term care insurance? No, that is the hardest part of being self-employed. We okay. spend about 150000 a year on medical now for 16 employees. The realization of retiring or selling my business, I'm looking at 1200 to 1500 a month just in medical. So you, you definitely are going to have to have more later if medical keeps doing this to independent people. Do you have a business that you could sell, or is it basically all tied up to you? I would say it's... It's very owner-driven, certainly. Okay. I, I would say businesses, people want to think their businesses are worth millions. In reality, it's only worth what it brings you in terms of your income and tax, uh, creativity. So at the end of the day, it's worth a quarter of a million dollars, no matter what it does. Okay. Okay. Because it's a service business. Okay. What, what business are you in, out of curiosity? We're in the paint wholesale business. We own a couple paint stores in San Francisco, and it's uh, hard bricks and mortar work. Yeah, it is. So, but I think you could probably pass that business on to uh, another owner down the road. I would consider when you do that, um, having you know some sort of uh, healthcare tied into the owner, so you can stay on as the board or something like that with a new company. Um, I like I like that idea, but I think I might be doing it just to keep my medical benefits and finance the young person. And you're right; slowly let them take it forward. Okay. 
Well, it looks like you're doing great, and thanks for the call. Um, I would also start looking at some long-term health care insurance, and long-term care insurance at your age is when you want to start thinking about it in the next five years. You want to start pricing some policies. Um, my dad worked till the day he died. My mother's had a stroke, and she's been – she's had two strokes, in fact, and she's had 15 years of expensive medical care. So um, odds are somewhere that I, I might need it. If I, if I tend to go out more after my mother, I'm going to need long-term care if I, if I don't. I won't. It's a insurance investment game, but to have a nurse cost me about sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year for my mother. So that's why you want to start looking at long term care insurance. Anyhow, anyway, let's head up to break eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. You want at least ten thousand dollars saved by age thirty, or at least forty thousand dollars by age forty. Otherwise, a good chance you're going to work till the day you die. And again, forty thousand ain't going to make it in the state of California at age forty. You're not retiring in California. You don't at least have 40000 You probably need more like 100000 by age 40 to retire in California. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six or nine to get your calls in there. It's eight hundred three four five fifty six thirty nine. One of my favorite companies to talk about, and again, I'm just I'm just a, I'm I'm just a boy is what it comes down to. I'm fascinated by women. I'm fascinated by technology. I'm just a boy. Most of the show is driven about money and retirement and issues along those lines, but when it comes back down to it, I'm just a boy. Listen to this funny uh, stuff that's out there. Uh, Google, great Google to Moogle They're in the news today. Google executives are starting to talk about something called the buzz. Google meets Facebook. Collision course, these two companies are on because 400 million American, not Americans, 400 million people use Facebook. It's stunning. Now, you, you don't even have to Google. Like, you can use search while you're at Facebook. Last night, uh, I was on Facebook, and a friend of mine from the radio station, Kron, was, was, was instant messaging me using the instant messaging from Facebook. Pretty neat. Like, you could see, like, Facebook has killed all instant messengers. That's the only one you need now at this point in time. If you, do you, I don't know if that's where I'm going with this, but that's kind of where I'm going with this. So Google is a dominant company. Could they go the way of the dodo bird? Could they be the next Netscape? They could. So they're, they're trying to do everything they can not to be. Google introduced a new service called Google Buzz, which is a way for users of its Gmail service to share updates, photos, and videos. The service will compete with sites like Facebook and Twitter. Now, Facebook and Twitter capture an increasing percentage of time people spend online. Now, back to Google and Facebook. Back to Facebook. So last night I was doing a little instant messaging back and forth with Brian North. He's a salesperson at Cron. Um, he's like, do you know that the gay community loves you, Rob? I'm like, really? I did not know that. It's a huge compliment. A uh, huge compliment. So he said, yeah, a lot of my gay attorney friends just totally dig dig on you. So um, so instant messaging. Instant messaging. Facebook has killed instant messaging. Now, if I needed to search like uh, gaymatch.com, I don't know. I could have done it right there on the Facebook page and not open up another browser. The browser, I don't know if it's going to go away. I don't know if Google's going to go away, but this is a big battle. 
You're a googly moogly. Facebook plans to announce that they're improving the live chat service on their site by allowing it to be integrated into other services like Instant Messenger from AOL. Buzz is Google's boldest attempt to build a social network that can compete with Facebook and Twitter. Now, the service is built into Gmail, and it's, uh, Gmail's already got 176 million users. I use my Gmail account for my, my secondary, my tertiary email. I've got my robertroblack.com. I've got a Yahoo account, and I also have a Gmail account. So I don't even get to Gmail. So like other services, Buzz is going to let you post status updates that includes text and photos, and it's going to be a little bit more specific. So Google's got the Picasso program. Um, you know, videos from YouTube, you can now tie into your Gmail account. It's a direct challenge to Facebook. Now, these are overwhelming odds, though. Facebook just turned six. little happy birthday to Facebook, and they got 400 million users. This is a big story. So will Facebook kill Google? I could see it happening. I'm not, I'm not predicting it's going to happen, but I, could, I, I see it as a threat. At least I'm cognizant that it's a threat. So that's, that's one of the lessons I got to teach you as an investor. You got to realize some things won't happen the way you want them to. And you can't fall in love with the stock. You can't fall in love with the dot-com days. You can't fall in love with the real estate days. They're, they're behind us. They're in the rearview mirror. So you got to figure out what's going to be working next. Um, Google just posted on their blog just a couple minutes ago. That they're planning to build and test an ultra-high-speed broadband network in a number of small trial locations across the United States. They want to deliver internet speeds that are more than 100 times faster than what most Americans have access today uh, with one gigabit per second fiber to the home connections. They plan to offer the service at a competitive price to at least 50,000 and potentially up to 500,000 people. So they want to get into the internet world as well. Internet access. Think about that for a second. Think about it for a second. Just a second. Don't think too long. Google wants... To give you a super fast internet connection. Why? Because they want to deliver YouTube videos to you. Because they want to deliver email to you. Because they want to deliver search to you. They would own the roads that their services go back and forth on. Intriguing concept, isn't it? They basically can buy their own internet and say, Facebook's not allowed on. Now, there's an open internet policy out there, so they're not typically allowed to do that. The AT&Ts and the Verizons. But you can see why they'd want to. Speaking about internet, something I absolutely love. The idea of is internet in the sky. So, you know who's winning just crazy mind share right now is uh, Southwest. The commercials, bags fly free. You've seen it. And doesn't it make you, every time you see that, don't you go, I hate flying Southwest because it's a bus in the sky. But at least it's a bus in the sky that's better than United. At least it's a bus in the sky that's better than um, U.S. Air. I hate United and U.S. Air. I, I dislike Southwest, but because I dislike them, they're actually my number one. I, I like them the least. No, I dislike them the least. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So they're winning huge mind shares because I just want to have my bag fly free. I don't want to get up to the counter and find out it's another $20, $30. I don't want that. It, it, it drives me nuts. Now, again, I'm not cheap. I'm not a cheap old you know, man. I'm not. I'm not. But um, Southwest, they're, they're starting to talk about ha- offering internet in the sky. Now, what's, you know, they instantly say it's not going to be free. They're doing everything they can to, to say, hey, it's going to be a service. I don't, we don't want to charge everyone for it. We'll only charge the people that want to tr- do it. So installation, the Wi-Fi service, uh, they're going to do it. It's going to be done by early 2012. Most airlines charge a fee for airline uh, airborne wireless internet. Ranges from $5.95 for flights up to 90 minutes, $12.95 for flights lasting more than three hours. Southwest will be no different. It'll be right in that pricing range. But, you know, the, the, they're a... Uh, self-proclaimed champion of the people. 
Southwest keeps costs down. I appreciate it. Always have, always will. They've got the, the most flexible policy on, on changing your tickets. They really do. They're, they're very, very, very good about it. And like, for instance, there was a couple of years ago that I had to fly back to Virginia and, you know, somebody, you know, something slipped in the ticketing. Someone got sick and couldn't make that early flight at 6 a.m., had to wait till noon to fly out. Extra $1,000. Because you missed the first part of a leg, both legs get canceled. Are you kidding me? Even though the second part of the leg back wasn't for another week later. Like, I, I hate United. I'll never fly United. I will never give another dollar of mine to United. I would rather die than fly United. If, there's, if I need to go to Cancun, I vote with my dollars. If I need to go to Cancun and United's the only one doing it, I'll walk. So Anyway, Southwest offering uh, cheap internet wireless services. I like that. I do like that. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. In a couple minutes, I'm going to be talking mortgages with Tony Mendez. We were talking about the mortgage market, and I got an email from someone who's um, had a loan modification. So we'll talk a little bit about loan modifications as well. Now, the stock market's gotten really volatile really fast. People are worried. Is this the next 50% down? This is not the next 50% down. I, I just gave out the number 30 seconds ago. Pay attention. So why would she whisper in my ear number? Because she's not listening to the show. 800-345-5639. There it is again. The number's out there. 800-345-5639. So anyway, um, stock market's starting to pull back, and it's starting to get people worried. Is it a 5% correction, 10% correction, 15% correction, 20% correction? What is it? Are we going to lose everything? Is it everything going to go down? At times like this, you got to look at your portfolio, and you got to make sure you got everything in it that you want in it. Companies with PEs that are 40 and 50 and 60, they got a lot of downside because the market, the S&P 500, the U.S. market has a PE of about 15. So if you're going to go two, three times as expensive as that, like Apple is, Apple better deliver the goods. So right now, it's time to look at your portfolio and say, let's, let's see, is there some good ideas in, the, in here? For instance, one company I like a lot is Salesforce.com. I think it's a good stock for the year 2010. Uh, what's more important business during a recession is keeping business. So they use technology that helps businesses operate more efficiently and more productivity, increases productivity. So third quarter earnings just grew 112%. Sales for the last 12 months up 24%. In January, the stock was at 65, at 75. Now it's fallen to 65. Could be an opportunity. I like using weak markets as an opportunity. I think that's inefficient for a stock. The stock market is pretty darn inefficient, all things considered. Now, Chipotle Mexican Grill. Chipotle Mexican Grill. I, myself, am not a big fan of Mexican food. I'm going to try to say something cute and clever, but i got to be very careful when you're talking, you know, about a culture of people. You know, a lot of people say, I like my, I like my coffee. I like my men like I like my coffee. Black or something like that. And that's a play on Rob Black and not black people. But, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I'm, not, I'm just going to internal editor on the whole Mexican concept real quick. But I'm not a big Mexican food fan. But if I were, I would love to pull to Mexican Grill. Consumers are loosening their purse strings. Uh, they're, they're, consumers, they don't want to go out and get a $45 meal right now. They want a $5 meal. So, And that's helping companies like Chipotle, which is a relatively inexpensive, fast, casual experience. Still a huge step up from the dollar menu at Taco Bell. Everyone who's been in Chipotle, it's fresh. It's good food. And there's so many combinations that you could ultimately pull off. 
Revenue in the most recent 12-month period up 16%. One thing I enjoy about, you know, ideas like this is, you know, uh, the stock was, it's close to an all-time high right now. But again, revenue is growing like a weed. Revenue up uh, 16%. So anyway, take a look at it. It's one of those ideas that Taco Bell doesn't have to be the only winner in Mexican food, right? Now, Chipotle was actually spun off, believe it or not, McDonald's. I know. It's almost like counterintuitive. McDonald's was in the news. In Italy, in Italy, Italians like a nice, slow dinner. So when they get their prime minister, you know, flipping a, an Italian burger. I know, I know. It's a, a McItalian, a McItalian. Um, people, in the, people get mad. So in Italy, they get mad at their, their prime minister for working with McDonald's. Why? Now, the prime minister is trying to say it's an Italian meat. It's Italian mushrooms. It's 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 Italian bread. So it's going to help the local economy. But but citizens get angry at McDonald's, and I think it's kind of funny because Italians want to sit around, have a nice slow meal. So when you see the prime minister who's trying to help his farmers as best as he can, he gets a little bit of flack. So anyway, back to uh, some investment ideas. Another investment idea is a company called Under Armour. You know Under Armour. Have you ever been to the gym? People who wear Nikes are so 1990s. Under Armour is so 21st century. It's, you know, it's a technology that helps improve performance. It wicks the water off of you. I don't know if it works or it doesn't work, but there's a perceived image that it works, right? So I like the company. In the fourth quarter, their earnings up 76%. Revenue for 2009 up 18%. It's at $24 recently, well off its high of 33 So in a down market, I don't get down because I'm not dead. I'm going to be around for quite a while. And I want to use the weakness as an opportunity to invest. When was the best time to invest in the last 10 years? Right after 9-11? Right during the, the you know, dot-com implosion in 2000? How about the 50% correction in 2008? You had an opportunity to get things that were 50 to 60 to 70 to 80% off that ended up going up 100 to 200%. So as long as you're not dead, you got to use that weakness as an opportunity. You have to. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.